Oh, let me tell y'all a story about a man called Ted. He loves the multiplayer gaming podcast. He liked it so much, he now supports the show. He got some extra content now, he's having a blast. Hey guys, Michael here. If you're enjoying the content you get on this podcast, consider being like Ted. You can support the show and get bonus content by going over to MultiplayerSquad.com. We're an independent podcast, and we'd sure appreciate it. Now, on to the show! Hey, squad mates! Thanks for listening to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a team of three dads that release two podcasts every week on the subject of gaming. And since today is Thursday, that means this is a Twig episode where we are going to talk about This Week in Gaming. Please make sure to rate our podcast five stars and leave us a written review. We'd love to have you come join us on socials at MultiplayerPod and also on our free Discord server. Just check out the link in the episode description and you can join us there. And also come check us out on Patreon at MultiplayerSquad.com. If you sign up starting at $5 a month, you will get access to additional episodes and early access to all of our episodes a day early. I am your host, Paul, and I'm flanked by the two other dads who make up this team. First up, he's reloading his railgun and itching at the bit to start using it. It's Josh. Pew, pew, reload. <laughs> pew, pew, reload. I know you suffer from reload ascitis, Paul. Oh, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> Railguns do not work well for me. Anything with a large magazine size is, is torture because I can't help but constantly hit the R button. And then joining us, he isn't asking for much. He just wants another game just as ambitious as No Man's Sky. It's Michael. I know of a game just as ambitious <laughs> as No Man's Sky. It's called Elite Dangerous, and it's actually better. Um, and that's about it, you know? So Fair enough. So, guys, a- another Twig episode here. This week, I feel like we've got a little bit more to play with. We've got some really interesting news stories. We've got some stuff to break down. Uh, is there anything that you guys have been playing lately that you wanted to talk about or bring up, or are we just going to jump right into the articles this week? Just playing the game for our, de- our next deep dive. Um, I, I, I love and hate battlegrounds. I've been posting they, you know, the new season started. I, I spent the gold that I had to unlock the four characters choices. Sure. The perks. I hate that game. I hate it's so stupid. <laughs> and why do I play it every single day? You know, and then it's like I I won a couple matches earlier today. I came in last place in a couple matches and wanted to break my monitor. It's one of those games that I absolutely have the stupid love hate relationship with, and I don't know why, man. <laughs> uh, I have been playing Halo. Yeah. Oh, and by that I mean Halo by Infinite. Th- no, by that I mean I've been pressing the play button on Paramount Plus's TV show called uh... Halo. <laughs> Um, I because I, I don't know anything about the lore or the characters. I know people got really upset at one part, and I was like, you know, I love sci-fi TV, so I'm going to watch it for that. And I've actually been enjoying it as just a sci-fi TV show. So, yeah, I've heard like moderate to poor reviews of Halo, kind of all around. <laughs> So I've just kind of just stayed away up to this point. Yeah, I've been avoiding looking at IMDb. So because sometimes IMDb scores will subconsciously make me not enjoy something that I'm actually having fun with. And so I'm like, I'm sure they're poor. So I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> well, on the one hand, I feel like the people complaining the most are like the diehard Halo fans. Absolutely. And 
I'm not like married to old Halo lore. I don't really care. So if the show wants to go in a new direction, that wouldn't bother me. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like there's just so much TV. I just can't really be bothered at this point, I guess, to watch Halo. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into some of these articles. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I feel like we first and foremost have to talk about Overwatch 2. And so this week, we got to see some gameplay footage. We got to see some developer updates all about Sojourn which is a new character that people have been looking forward to for a very long time. I don't know if you guys know this, but the last hero that was introduced by Overwatch was Echo, and that was all the way back to April 2020. That's so we're wild. talking about when Doom Eternal released, Animal Crossing, the early days of the pandemic. That's a long time to wait for a new character. It's, you know, it's one of those things with Overwatch. I I think it's smart on Blizzard's behalf, to be honest with you. Like, if I think about it from a little, like, if I take a step back as a gamer and I say, does this make sense? I think it does. Because Overwatch is so phenomenal that the game just kind of carries itself. Is it slowly dying? Like, yes, I'm sure that it has less player base than it did back in its heyday. But I have a feeling there's still a just ton of people playing Overwatch all the time. I know I still enjoy hopping in for a few games. So I think mm-hmm. it's smart that what they did is they tapered back the the development necessity for that game and put all of their attention onto Overwatch 2. It's a little cheesy that they give like cosmetic updates. I don't know. Did you guys see like the latest <laughs> one where that's like the 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 only thing they hyped up was that they're inverted like character skins? No, and, I didn't even see yeah, that. Yeah, no. so <laughs> It's the same skins that exist. They just colored them white or they changed a few of the colors on them and that's it. And I mean, they're getting lazy with the Overwatch, you know, development, but I get it. It's like, you know, they're putting their full effort into Overwatch 2, but man, it's crazy when you think that it's been two plus years now without a new character or any kind of significant update to that. It really shows you that their mindset is just 100% Overwatch 2 at this point. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. It's it's interesting because when you said April twenty twenty, it blew my mind just now because I I'm one of those character one of those not characters. I'm characters. a character. <laughs> yeah, I'm a character in Overwatch, guys. I don't know Michael's if you know this or new, not. Michael's the new DPS class. Yeah, he knows <laughs> Um No, I I'm one of those people that I I still like my friends when they're like, hey, you want to hop in Overwatch? I'm like, sure, but it doesn't happen as often as it used to. So you're right, it's kind of falling off. So. Echo to me is still a new character in a certain way. And so when you said it's been two years, I'm like, there's no way. But it has yeah. been. But no, Josh is completely right. But I agree with you, Josh, 100%. And one of my favorite things to do on the show is disagree with you, quite obviously. Um, <laughs> but I do agree with you on this, that um, it makes sense to, to move on, get to the new game, get to the sequel. The, the first one's not losing money right now, so it can just kind of drive itself, and let's move on to getting this stuff out. That being said, it's crazy how long Overwatch 2 has been rumored and in development and, and not off the ground yet. You know, you'd think during the pandemic, they'd be like, let's try to put this out. We're not changing the formula much. Let's get it out while people haven't seen the sun in a while, and now people are actually going outside and seeing the sun. I got my first sunburn in two years the other day. It was great. Uh, I, I felt the burn, and I was like, this hurts. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> oh, 
I avoid the sun at all costs. This, uh, you don't get much more white than, uh, Paul Lehman. So I, I try to stay indoors. Now, Michael, were you sad to see that the new character is another DPS class? I swear that's all Overwatch comes out with these days. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. To be honest with you. And I watched the gameplay footage and I, I thought it looked cool. I did think it looked cool, and I'm like, I don't. I'm, I mean, what was the last time we put out a new tank? It was what Doomfist, and he's only a pseudo tank, right? <laughs> well, he, <laughs> yeah, he's DPS. He's yeah. DPS, even though he he's right. hard to kill like a tank. Yeah. Right, but you Sigma was like, the last actual. Oh, tank. Sigma, yeah, yeah, Sigma. Oh my yeah. goodness, see, I, I, Paul, I get you when it comes to that reload uh, thing because I love playing Arisa. <laughs> She's like her and Reinhardt are my number one, number two go to, like depending on comp or the uh, the meta and the matchup or whatever you want to call it. But with Arisa, you absolutely cannot hit reload, and that drove me crazy. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. See, I'm terrible at DPS, so I was a little disappointed, but at the same point, she looks kind of cool. So, Josh, do you want to give us a little bit of a breakdown of how the new character plays? Yeah, she is a DPS class. Um, they, they have talked about the different abilities that she has. They're, they're kind of saying that she's a mobile... Um, I think mobility is one of her traits that will be important so basically she's got a rail gun it's got this rapid firing pew pew they look neat they're like these little blue energy shot kind of things and what they do is they'll generate energy for sojourn when you hit and so when you actually land your shots you'll build up this energy meter and then she's got a i'm assuming it's her right click this secondary fire which is a very high impact actual railgun shot like laser beam yeah. super high projectile which yeah. looks super cool hitting uh, everything in a single yep. lineup shot so you can hit multiple enemies that will then consume all of that stored up energy so the more shots you land the more damage it's going to do when you do this super cool railgun type shot that can go through people and stuff like that as well um then she's got what they're calling the power slide ability, which is like a ground slide. So th- I'm thinking Apex Legends ish. Yeah. But then you can then cancel that into a high jump a la Baptiste. So it seems like they've kind of combined those two. So I could see that being where she's kind of squirrely. Like she's going to be hard to shoot if you get, if you come up against a good one. And then one of her abilities is this thing called a disruptor shot, which it launches this big energy shot we're going to call it for now that slows the other team and deals damage to people within it so that seems pretty cool because slowing people down is always a good thing right like think may before you actually freeze somebody you start slowing that hammond or that genji or something and you know they're they're in trouble at that point uh and then the ultimate they're calling overclock. Yeah, that's kind of lame to me. <laughs> um, but it's just like her railgun energy auto charges, so you don't have to land your shots. Is what I'm assuming there for a short duration, and then the charge shots pierce through enemies. They're saying it's going to be like flame strike, where it will actually go through shields and stuff as well. So I think that sounds really cool as an ultimate with the ability to go through shields and kind of pierce through everybody. So I think it's yeah. interesting, too, that they're saying that she's very mobile, but not a hard flanker, you know, so she's not going to be like a Genji or a Tracer or something like that. When I read that part of the article, I was thinking in my head, like, where is that middle ground? You know, where is that where someone doesn't just play her as a hard flanker because she's very mobile? She has that slide she can get behind or whatever. And then the other thing I was thinking when I read about her accuracy being how she charges it up is i can furthermore never play this character because i will never charge anything up whatsoever 
Michael will still queue as Mercy or Reinhardt. That is yeah. correct. <laughs> now, one of the really cool things about Sojourn is that when you're doing that power slide, the slide actually lasts for longer than you might think. Like, she can slide for a decent amount, and you can still fire the whole time. So I think it's almost like you get to be odd job from Goldeneye for like a oh. second and a half, where you are completely on the ground, feet first. I'm guessing probably kind of hard to land any kind of headshot. So I really love the idea of her being fast and mobile, shooting and sliding. It's kind of like taking an Apex Legends character and just adding it into Overwatch. That was the very first thing I thought, but I'm all for it. This character is unique. Uh, I do like the fact that it's built around a railgun. It's something that we didn't have yet in Overwatch. It's amazing how you can still get pretty creative, even though they have so many characters. I, I really, one of the things that Overwatch does, and I think we've touched on this before, is I love the fact that they have characters that are gun-based, and then they have characters that are skill-based, right? And so yep. it's like McCree. McCree is 100% based on how good his weapon is. And if you're good uh, with the... Cassidy, Josh. Oh, yeah, Cassidy. Sorry, <laughs> Cassidy. Uh, you know, he's very good. That. Soldier 76 is another one, right? If you can aim and you can shoot people, the weapon carries the, the character. But then I really like other characters where their skills are what they're more based off of than their weapons necessarily. Um, like you know, Doom. Doomfist, Winston, um, Reaper's a little in between. I mean, he's really weapon-based still, I guess. Um, you know, but there's those skill-based Tracer, right? Like, you have to be really good with Tracer's skills, not her weapon necessarily to be very good at Tracer. Genji's probably another one, right? Like, you have to know how to move and use those abilities more so than just pew-pewing people in the face with your weapon. And I like that. I think it's very, very dynamic in why they can have the cast of characters that they have. I mean, what are they up to? 38? Something ridiculous like that? Somewhere in the mid to high 30s is going to be my guess. Yeah. And uh, 36 of them are DPS characters. (laughs) That's my only beef. Everyone was like, another DPS? But those are like the easiest ones to add. It's really hard to bring in a tank or a healer that has a unique take. So I get it. But as a person who tends to queue as well, DPS or as, as tank or heals, I would really love a new character to play well, with. Well, and because you have to be careful with tanks and healers, because look at Brigitte, Brigitte, right? She completely ruined Overwatch for how long? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a year? Yeah, honestly, because it's like, <laughs> here's this healer tank thing that's completely OP. And if you nerf them, then you it's it's a, you can nerf DPS a lot easier than you can nerf a tank or a healer. I, you know, yeah. so I get it. Yeah, tank it's easier to be- tone down a weapon as opposed to like having to remove an ability or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they fundamentally change a whole class that has completely upset the ecosystem of Overwatch. I completely agree. Yeah, Brig being able to smash Ryan through his shield was just such a stupid harebrained oh, idea. I still but remember. But man, it was cries. fun when you were Brig. I oh, still I remember that. you playing Ryan, being like, "This is so stupid." <laughs> How can she stun me through my shield? Yeah. Well, it, it was always me and Brandon. I would play as Ryan and Brandon would be Brigida and we would just sync it up and say, okay, one, two, three, go. And he would smash Ryan and I would do an instant hammer and you would just, you know, yeah. obliterate the enemy team. Yeah. Well, we do have the Overwatch 2 PvP beta, which starts right around the corner on up. April 26th. I don't know if yeah. I'm getting in. I'm even- really hoping. Blizzard sent me a questionnaire that was just about their games in general. Yeah. And, and I was like, it? I'm filling this out because I want them to know that I'm one of those people that's helpful in my responses. <laughs> I don't know if it has anything nice. to do with Overwatch 2 beta, but I want them to know that I'm a helpful guy. And if they need me, I'm, I'm there for the beta. I did the same thing for when they, they announced like, um, the post uh, PlayStation 5 
uh, pre-order. They did another thing where it's like, you know, they got rid of the the queue and all that system and they said, hey, you can go in and submit to be selected for a purchase window. All of a sudden, I have never played that many PlayStation games consecutively in a month to be like, look, I'm active. Look, I play lots of PlayStation games. I love PlayStation. You know, it's kind of the same thing where you're like, they, they don't care about that, but I'm going to try so hard. It doesn't Please hurt. Me for beta. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's too funny. All right. Well, the second story that we have up to talk about this week revolves around Xbox. I feel like we've been talking about Xbox a lot lately. The Game Pass has been just so successful. And Xbox, now there have been some rumors that have been reported that they are planning to place ads inside free-to-play games. This could happen as early as this summer. Uh, to be clear, these are not ads that would pop up like between matches or before you can play the game. We are talking about native ads placed inside the game. So, for example, maybe if you're playing Forza... They're going to tell you, hey, we've been trying to reach you about your car's warranty. <laughs> and they're going to hit you up with some ads inside Forza, maybe on the billboards or on vehicles. What do you guys think about this, this news is coming a, out of Xbox? This is a great move for Microsoft, I think, because, you know, financially, um, they're broke and they need more money. So this is a great idea for them. <laughs> I just You know what's funny? Thing. You know what I found out just a few minutes ago? Microsoft is not even keeping the money. So really? they are putting ads into the game and they are just splitting it between the developer and the advertising company. So wow. some people are wondering, maybe this is a way to try to pull in more developers for Xbox content because they can actually make a little bit more with ads. But that seems a little weird to me because I feel like a lot of gamers are going to push back on this. Ads in games are a very slippery slope. Like we've been, we we touched on this recently that the gaming industry, I think at this point, is larger than the movie industry. If I, I think like revenue wise, gaming makes way it's more way money bigger. than the yeah, movie does industry does, and everybody knows how big the movie industry is. You know, even if you're thinking like post COVID and all that stuff or pre COVID, I know it took a hit during COVID and all that, but um, so. You know, gamer, we don't put up with a lot of stuff though, because like you're messing with our entertainment and our escapism. And we see, because we've mocked them, we see what like companies like EA have done. Right. Where they literally have <laughs> inserted commercials into games. And it's like, right. dude, you can't do that. Like you, I gave you my money. You can't try to soak it for more and put commercials in these games. But you got to think about. If this industry is mega billions of dollars every year just through sales, you know they're dying to be able to start getting ad revenue from video games as well because the amount of money that that would be is astronomical. But yeah, as think, gamers, we're not going to put up with it. Right. It's, it's one of the things that I think of when I think of free-to-play games is microtransactions. And now on yeah. top of microtransactions, like we're not, they're not really free-to-play. Everyone knows that, you know? And now we're going to throw advertisements in it. But um, I don't know. This doesn't bother me, I think, as much. Because do you guys remember a game uh, on the PlayStation 1 called Wipeout Excel? It was a racing game? No, I don't think so. You were like a little like spear-looking hoverboard thing. And this was the first time in my life. I think it was 97, 1997. And I was playing this game. And I saw an advert. I, saw, I thought it was all fake stuff. Like, you know, you see advertisements anytime you're racing or something. And there was this logo with these two bulls kind of going towards this yellow circle, and it said Red Bull. 
And I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was fake because at the time, Red Bull had not even left California. It was being developed out of like San Diego or something like that. No joke. I went on a mission trip with my church to Tijuana, went through San Diego. We went into a convenience store and I saw Red Bull and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's real. And even back then in 1997, they were putting real advertisements in games. So I don't know. For me, advertisements as a part of media are just there. It was only a matter of time before this was actually going to happen. And, and honestly, if I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, or, or a, not a, that's a paid game, but if I'm playing that and I, and I see a billboard, who cares? It's, it's 100% <laughs> how they're implemented. Don't be like EA and actually try to throw a commercial in between rounds in a fighting game because that's lame. If it's a driving game and there's a Coke billboard up there where it's non-intrusive, but it's like, hey, my brain will pick it out. So there's some value there. I'm fine with that. As long as it's not intrusive, I don't care. I think we're so conditioned to advertising in general that that's not disruptive. The, the problem I have is if you disrupt or interrupt the game itself for an advertisement, you know, oh, I'm queued for a new another round of Rocket League. And as I'm queued up waiting a commercial comes on, I have a big problem with that. Is even though oh, I'm yeah. only looking at the, <laughs> the the search bar ticking by, you know, like, but that's like I'm not okay with that. But if I'm playing Rocket League and there's advertisements in the arena on the side, I, that's fine. <laughs> like I don't care. It doesn't mess up the game at that point. What's well, like big you say, like duck, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. it's like you say though. It's only a matter of time before now that loading bar is not complete until the ad is complete. Yeah, and, and then you're see, waiting for like YouTube skip ad, and you gotta wait thirty seconds to watch the video you actually want to watch, and you're like, "This is this is offensive." I I'm will upset. say this too: that if it's a completely free to play game and they want to put an ad in there, I I have a hard time saying that's not fair because if you're giving me this game completely free, I get it. So I think in that case, it's much more digestible to say, "Hey, I got this amazing game for free." I might have to deal with an ad or two, but that's okay because I, I'm playing for free right now. You yeah, know, versus then, the a game I paid money for, and now you're trying to build on ads or you're trying to build on microtransactions, and I paid sixty dollars for this game. I've got a big problem now. Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing is eventually it becomes free to play and it gets ads, and then like, oh, but if you want to pay five dollars a month. You can skip these ads. And then where's the end of it? Because eventually, you know, this is almost like the gatekeeper of flooding our gaming with advertising. And I don't want to sound all conspiracy theorists because I'm really not. But eventually this becomes advertisements on billboards in Grand Theft Auto. And they will continually try to press the envelope. You know, exactly. as well. So it's like, hey, it starts off as just a billboard in a game, and then it becomes a loading screen, and then it becomes a hey, we're gonna pause your game for 30 seconds while you watch this commercial. Yep. Well, I will say, back in 2016, for the first time, at least I think, there were election ads being placed into video games, and that is something that I'd rather stay away from when I'm trying to escape from the real world stress, and and maybe I do want to play Rocket League on some kind of weird whim. The last thing I want to see are, like, politician names and stuff inside the game like whether they're candidates i'm for or against doesn't matter when i'm playing a game i just don't want to have to worry or think about those things (laughs) so that's that's a little bit where i draw my line election season might get rough in gaming that's the only thing i'm worried about your vpn in playing some game that you can't play like lost ark before was here and you're seeing like some (laughs) advertisements for some korean politician that you're like yeah no idea who he is (laughs) i'd rather that honestly i sure i'd love to learn about you know other world leaders and not worry about here so much. 
just out of curiosity, I did look up the video game industry versus movie industry since Josh brought it up. And in 2020, video games brought in a revenue of $160 billion. <laughs> the movie industry, $45 billion, one okay. quarter what they make for gaming. Now, that was wow. 2020, right? So that was the COVID was going on. And we all like, so it's probably a little bit higher than that, but I still think it's probably 80 billion less. It's crazy, yeah, and man. certainly trends. Gaming right. is doing nothing but going on the rise. Movies are doing nothing but going down. So, yeah, that's also the trend. But yeah, 2020 in particular, you really saw that disparity. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our last article of the day. I know that Josh and I are big fans of No Man's Sky. Michael, you have not played it, right? I'm still hoping to, but okay. I have a. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I joined a podcast a couple months ago, <laughs> oh. and they make me they make me play video games, and so <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> There's no, no time to look at anything in the past. You just got to move yeah, forward, right? Well, No Man's <laughs> yeah. Sky seems like one of the, seems like one of those games that is going to take an investment of time. So uh, yeah. it's yeah, and so I haven't had a chance to get into it yet because a lot of the games I'm playing on the side right now are games that I can play for four to six hours, you know, and, and just kind of hang out for a little bit, get through the story, get it done, and not invest a ton of time trying to learn how to play it. So I haven't gotten around to it, which is really disappointing, but I'm still excited about it. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people who just never wanted to give it a chance because of all the bad press when it first came out. But No Man's Sky is definitely one of those games that was just so ambitious and expectations were so high that there was no way that people were going to be satisfied uh, people were so mad when the game released, but over time, Hello Games has just kept plugging away at it, and it's now uh, an absolutely fantastic game. It's really it's good. It's one of the biggest turnarounds. Like, imagine, like, three years from now, people talking about Cyberpunk 2077 being like, no, it's so good, please just move on, make another game, this game is finished, it's perfect, don't you don't need to work on it anymore you've already made up for it like that's honestly where no man's sky is today and sean murray says that they are working on the next project and he said that it is just as ambitious as no man's sky and even if he had a team of 1000 developers it would still seem like an impossible project wow yeah I, you know, i'll i'll say this man number 1 we all know that they've learned from the whole release with No Man's Sky. I don't know that they ever intended the hype to get to the levels that it did. And then they I didn't. think, like, I felt really bad. I saw like a documentary or an article or something where, like, what they went through after the release of No Man's Sky, where people were like giving them death threats and people yeah. were saying, like, you've ruined gaming for me. I'll never trust you again. And they actually showed like Sean Murray and how it was affecting him. And he said it was like the lowest point in his life. Like they took all that like really to heart. That's it had to have been terrible. But we've said repeatedly they've completely made up for this. No Man's Sky is an absolutely incredible game, and they just released another free expansion for it. Right. Like, I think it's DLC. called Outlaws or yeah. something. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> we keep saying this. Like, every three months, I feel like they're releasing a, a new free add-on to the game, which is a phenomenal add-on. This is not like, oh, we added a ship. This is, we've added 20 hours of content, and now space combat feels great. It, you know, and you can be an outlaw and a bandit now and all this stuff, but... You know, so it seems like they've learned the lesson. I was reading through this article because I, I am all aboard the Hello Games train at this point. You have proven yourself. You've made up for your past mistakes. I have mad respect for you 
like that developer doing that because they could have done what like what Dice did with Battlefield 2042 <laughs> and just kind of abandoned it and gone sorry thanks for the money you yeah. know but they didn't and, and so kudos to them I will absolutely be excited for whatever game they're releasing I thought it was hilarious that the at the end of this article <laughs> he said uh you know yes we're aware of our past mistakes we've learned our lesson <laughs> yeah well, and it, you hit yeah, the nail uh, right on the head when it comes to uh, absolutely as far as the they've learned from their past mistakes and he even goes on to say like we've learned that hyping a game too early is a bad thing and again i'm paraphrasing and so what i inferred from that is they have a real product here. Like they've got something really good if they're actually announcing that they're working on something else because they wouldn't have said a word if they were like, eh, we're not 100% sure if we've got something quite ready yet. So that that's what I inferred from this is this game is going to be something real, ambitious, and it's probably going to be pretty good. I certainly hope so. But guys, seriously, No Man's Sky is made up of something like 522 galaxies. There are 18 quintillion planets that you can discover in No Man's Sky. What on earth could be that ambitious? Do you think it's another space game? Like, I don't know how you can be that ambitious and it not be in space. They've actually got the rights to Portal 3. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those things because I think their technology was, and No Man's Sky's premise was based on procedural you know, gen- what procedure generation. Ge- generation was that the right term? That sounded weird. When sure. I, my brain yeah. came up with it. Um, so I, I have to assume that they're probably going to carry that into something else. And so, but I'm not a huge fan of procedurally generated. Like, yes, it can be neat, but it, it it's like, sometimes it doesn't have a soul. Like no man's sky, you run into all these amazing planets and stuff like that, but they all start to just feel the same after a while because there's nothing there, there's nothing there. You know, it's not that handcrafted unique experience where somebody had a hand in everything that was going on. Like Elden Ring just did this, right? Where the world is fully populated with amazing things to find and do. Whereas No Man's Sky, I can land on a planet and if I want to, I can get out and run, and yes, it'll take me two weeks real lifetime to run across that planet but what am i gonna find yeah especially if it's really like janky looking dinosaurs that are just a product mm-hmm. of the algorithm right and that's obviously not the same as like the handcrafted levels of cuphead or you know something like that but yeah i'm, I'm very curious to hear more because i don't know how you could be that ambitious and it not be space so i have no idea if they want to do like something at the cellular level or something underwater I was gonna or say something ocean playing with be, time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've explored more of our solar system than our oceans. The oceans, yeah. I believe yeah. is like the I've seen, well-known. I've seen abyss, man. They're, they're down there. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> the abyss. <laughs> all right. Well, we are actually out of time. So we want to thank all of you for staying with us here for this episode. We want to give a special thank you to everyone who currently supports us on Patreon and through Apple subscriptions. We would love to have you guys come join us on social media and on discord. And just one more time, if you do want to help support us on Patreon, head over to MultiplayerSquad.com and you can get those additional episodes and early access. So thanks so much to everyone for listening. We'll be back with our next episode on Monday. It's going to be a bonus round tournament and it's been a minute since we've done one. It's going to be a good one. I think the gloves are going to come off. I think it'll be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs>
They're always fun. I love the tournaments, and I don't know how we've gone this long without doing one, but we are about to remedy that situation. (laughs) It's been a couple months. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for the support and all the love. We'll see you all on Monday. Happy gaming. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you, everybody.